Like and subscribe. Can we leave that? Yeah. You're listening to Widowed Air with Rosie Gilmoss and Lucinda Boast. We've invited some members of the world's most exclusive club to bravely share their stories. Join us for some honest conversations about living a different life, the crushing lows, the surprising highs and everything in between. Please note this is a podcast about death. Carefully read the episode descriptions and be kind to yourself. But for now, welcome to our podcast. Let's begin. Hello and welcome back to Widowed AF. You are listening to Rosie and I'm joined today by my husband, John. So hello, John. Thanks again for joining us. Hi. Hi, everyone. So John has been standing in a little bit here and there for, for Lulu. Most of you will be aware that she's had a little bit of a, a health scare. She was in hospital last week and an infection in her gallbladder. She is making a, a recovery back home now, but we're just giving her a little bit of time to fully recover. So lots of love, Lou. We haven't forgotten you. So today we will have a little bit of a chat through Laura's episode. We spoke to Laura Clark and her episode was out on Monday and it was a remarkable episode and a, with a remarkable woman and just immense strength of character once again that we're seeing in these, these people. So Laura's husband, Sai, he died suddenly at home in front of her and her two children, which that alone is enormous, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it, from the sounds of it, I mean, I've seen pictures as well, big guy, you know, little woman and trying to get him you know, trying to perform CPI and the desperation in her voice. It, it was really painful to hear, actually. And as we then heard, you know, you have this monumental loss. And then she got the diagnosis that none of us want. She got told yeah. she had cancer. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It, it just goes to show that life just doesn't choose. No. And actually, I remember saying to my mum, after Ben died, it felt like there was a catalogue of things going wrong. And I was, you know, very much, oh, why is it happening to me? What, what have I done? I must have done something in a past life. And my mum, ever the pragmatist, sort of went, Rose, you, you, you can't control things. The, these are things that are happening around you. They are not, it, the, the universe doesn't hate you. This is not aimed at you. It is just, just a catalogue of an unfortunate events, really. And I obviously never had to face anything as serious as a, a cancer diagnosis, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you how you how you managed to keep your shit together during that one. But it, I mean, she did, didn't she? What a woman! Yeah, yeah. It's we hear this time and time again, though, don't we? That people are, they get these extra extraordinary circumstances that they are effectively forced to live through because nobody chooses these, and people often don't even like to be told that they are brave because you. You're not given a choice, are you? No. Well, that's how they perceive it. However, I, I kind of disagree a little bit in that you do have a choice and the choice is how you deal with the cards you've been dealt. And that is what makes you brave because to actively seek out the, the process of, of healing that she's done to protect those children, to make sure that they were able to access counselling and, and support. And I think these are choices that she's made, aren't they? Because yeah. the... Your gut instinct in that circumstance, surely, is to retreat under the duvet with a bottle of gin. Yeah, <laughs> and, that, and that's, the, that's the key word you've got right there. It's a choice. You, you choose which. It's one of two words. It's definitely a binary choice. I know that for sure. <laughs> you either go to the pit Explain or, what binary means. For the- it's one or the other. Thank you. Um, you've, I mean, everyone's probably heard all the arguments on the, on the gender and the, the yeah, non-binary. That's the topic for today. <laughs> two choices. And it is, you can, you, you can choose to go and try and build some sort of, of happiness and life back or or not. And both have their own ramifications. 
Yeah. And it, it does take grit and determination. And you do have to find yourself doing things you never thought you would. I draw you back to meditation. I did a 10 minute anti-anxiety meditation before we, we sat down to record this because I can hear it in my own breathing. I don't know whether other people will pick it up, but I can feel that I'm in a slightly heightened state of anxiety today. There's no reason for it. I'm not under threat. I've got no, you know, nothing particularly taxing to do today, but I woke up this morning and what can I say? The the, the snakes in the belly are there. The, the anxiety's there. And sometimes you've got to, you've got to try different things. And for me, meditation and yoga and, and that sort of stuff, even my, you know, my, as I recall, call them my sort of spiritual dog walks, because you whack your headphones on, grab the dog. And, and that that's where I find my church. Yeah. Um, so it's finding coping mechanisms that aren't going into bed with a bottle of gin, aren't they? And my God, I, I mean, I had a few of those, I have to say. <laughs> Didn't we all? Didn't we all? <laughs> so, I, again, I mean, a lot of the feedback we've had for Laura has obviously been amazing and very, very supportive. And people have really, they've really warmed to her. She spoke with a, a gentle sort of tone, I think, that, I don't know, I think everybody wanted to reach out and give her a hug. I, I certainly felt. And the responses have been as you would expect, you know, very supportive, celebrating her bravery. And one of my friends actually messaged me and said that she'd checked her boobs that morning, which she didn't do very often, which I thought, you know, that's a, an unexpected side effect, I imagine, isn't it? That people are going, oh, God, hang on a minute. Yeah. I should probably have a little check. And I wanted to talk a little bit about health anxiety when you're widowed, because I do think this is something that comes up time and time again. And we touched a little bit last week about the the cortisol and the adrenaline and, and fight or flight mode. And I do, I think they're probably very linked, but the idea that you question so many aspects of your health when you're widowed, because I suppose you're very aware that we're not immortal. I think until, if you lose somebody young up until that point, you'll you almost still believe that it couldn't possibly happen to you or to people like you. Yeah, definitely. Well, I know I got, I was a re- weird contradiction actually, because I was incredibly worried about my health. And I wanted, I remember ringing the doctor and saying, can I come and have this well woman screen? And they said, no, you're not 40 yet. I'm looking to possibly paying to do one, but at the time it, it really wasn't an option for me. But on the counter side of that, I didn't eat well, I didn't exercise, I drank far too much alcohol, I didn't sleep, I did all the things that we now know, or sorry, I didn't do all the things that we now know are the pillars of physical and mental health. So it's the awareness of needing to keep alive. For me, my main thing was being alive for my children, but also putting that into practice when you're grieving and you're broken and you're exhausted is sometimes very, very difficult. And I'm, I kind of want to figure out at what point the switch happens in our brains and we go, okay, enough now. Like, I have a responsibility to look after myself. It's a, it's a good question because I'm trying to think when mine, when mine really started to kick in. COVID, um, after COVID. And my, and my, yeah. Mine was post-COVID. Mine took another catastrophe to to kick me into going. And I remember when I, was, when I first started going through therapy after the ICU, you know, my physio gave me exercises to do every day and I still didn't do them. I mean, I was absolutely wiped out but i should have gone and done them and it wasn't till a few months in that everything started to kick kick in and, and move together and you know so i still wasn't making the right choice even after even after that and actually for anybody that doesn't know because some people obviously haven't listened all the way through or, or may not know our story but john he's 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 my husband he's my live husband and he's also a widower and john had covid very very badly he was an early adopter in march 2020 and he spent a month in a coma 
So it was a very, very scary time. We do have a guest on on Monday whose husband died of COVID around the same time. And that was a very, very difficult interview to record. And I think you listened to it back yesterday and, and you need a you need a, a big old hug, didn't you? After yeah, and, and, yeah. a, and a sharp break. It, it, yeah, it went a bit too close. My my heart goes out to Emma. And as you'll hear on Monday, her her bravery is you know, second to none and the, and the choices she made and, and what mm. she discusses in her interview. Yeah, and I'm gonna. I am going to get you back again next next week, even even if lose around actually, because I think your perspective on this interview, post interview, when people have had an opportunity to listen to it, is going to be really, really invaluable, and and I guess probably mine as well to a certain point, because I was in Emma's position. Fortunately, you didn't die. You know, the idea of that is is too catastrophic to even contemplate. <laughs> but yeah, it's. I suppose it does. Sometimes it takes something of that magnitude to make you really evaluate your health. I, as, as many, you're probably all aware, really, I, I drank a lot. And to compensate my drinking, I would take a, a cocktail of vitamins. People used to laugh that I must rattle as I walked because I would take, you know, vast array of vitamins and, well, I went ketogenic because, you know, I'm, I'm pretending that it was for my health and my mental clarity, but of course it was probably to try and offset the enormous amount of calories in mine. So, I sort of did little bits here and there to try and protect myself physically, but not really enough. And it was it was only, I guess, when I when I stopped drinking that I sort of thought, okay, well, you've taken this, you know, this health concern out. So what are you going to do now? And and just finding a again, I'm going to use the word path, but a path back to sort of physical and and, and mental health has been, you know, it's hard and. I don't want to sound like I'm some sort of health freak guru over here because, you know, don't get me wrong, I'll eat a bowl of Cocoa Pops at breakfast given half a chance, but I try where I can to make better choices because I'm very aware that, you know, at best I probably have 40 years left on this planet and I want to be able to enjoy them. I don't want to be incapacitated and and poorly. Yeah, yeah. No, I I completely agree. And now I'm on the other side, I I reflect on the way I run my life in between Sarah dying and me coming out of hospital for COVID. And I, I was on the, I was on the wrong path. I was got, everything was going the wrong way. And now I understand my body. I understand my health. I understand my mind and I can feel when things are off kilt and I can put the, the things into practice that, that I've put to practice that really do help me. Yeah. And it has this knock on effect on everything, doesn't it? Because we, you know, we have four children and that, that, that can be a, a, a know a melting pot of of I'm just gonna say annoyance <laughs> I'm trying to think of a fancy way of saying it but I, I love my kids more than anything in this entire world but my god they can be annoying and just finding a way so that you have a slightly longer fuse because some I don't want to be snapping at them all the time they're just kids you know so I find that if I'm able to be a little bit more calm and you know I, I guess the meditation this 10 minute meditation that I'm trying to do every day it's easier said than done but it does give you, I suppose, a slightly longer fuse. Yeah. Yeah, and that's sometimes all you need. But, again, another con- – sorry, I'm, I'm going off on one of my little tangents here. But the problem I also picked up on is how at risk we are of exploitation in many ways, but which we can touch on at other, other episodes. But I'm thinking here particularly health anxiety. Yeah. Because I personally have – you know, done various tests. I talked about doing this hormone test. I paid a, a practitioner to facilitate these tests for me. They were essentially, it turns out, almost like the Amazon. You know, they just 
order them, they came to me. But at the time, I believed I was going to get a comprehensive report which would explain the results to me. I didn't really. And I thought, you know, and I've gone back and questioned a few things. And she's kind of got a bit ratty with me. I'm just a nutritionist. But some of the information or the recommendations, and I'm using my inverted commas here, I think are potentially damaging. I think that she's offered me some advice, loose advice, which it steers me very much to her supplements that she sells. So I, but I'm, I'm in quite a good place now. And I'm able to maybe see this for what it is. But I don't know. I think when you are so desperate for answers and for help, you would end up perhaps it it, it costing you money or time. And I don't know. I feel like we're a bit, I feel like there's a lot of charlatans out there. Even things like pyramid selling schemes, you know, three times I was invited to join one of those when Ben died. One was for a weight loss coffee, which this friend, and again, I'm very much using the inverted commas here, sent me some free samples to give me some energy. And I don't know what's in this coffee, but it felt a little bit speedy. And I just think that's a quite irresponsible thing to do. Utility Warehouse, they 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 came after me at one point, and, and there was another one that I can't remember off the top of my head. So, And then you throw in clairvoyance and, and all these other little areas of, at which we're quite vulnerable. So I, I don't know if there's an answer to this or anything like that, but I'd be interested in hearing from anybody that has felt that they have perhaps been taken advantage of by somebody that they gave money in a view to trying to heal themselves or making themselves better. Because somehow having having somebody not value that and not treat it with the respect it deserves is really hurtful yeah yeah it is it is so sorry i feel like i've really gone off a little tangent there but it, uh, no, it, I, it happened up into my head yeah, i think i think it's an important thing to cover because we 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 are vulnerable especially at that first 12 months you know the advice is you know don't make any big decisions you, you can't always avoid that well, but you know these people waiting in the wings and you know especially uh, the adverts i don't like is go change your will soon leave it to a charity yeah but you, even then you see the where they were coming at me was more you must be poor because your husband's died or you must be struggling here look i've got an answer for you this might help you come join my speedy coffee pyramid scheme yeah and it's like, what a vulture, you know? That's horrid, isn't it? Yeah, but you guarantee that pyramid telling scheme had a sign-in fee. Oh, almost certainly. Fee. Almost certainly. And obviously, we, we've heard firsthand from some of our guests about how people have come after them for, for money. Yeah, sadly, that that is a, it is an uncomfortable and very, very unwanted side effect of widowhood. I mean, even p- friends asking to borrow money and... I say this prior to even having any life insurance, and I had somebody who I thought was a very good friend who would repeatedly ask me for money. And it's very difficult to say no because I'm a people pleaser. I hold my hands up. I am a people pleaser. And I find it very difficult to say no anyway. And then when you're super, super vulnerable and you really are scared that nobody wants you because you're this horrid troll under the bridge, you you almost go above and beyond to do it. And I do, I mean, I, yeah, putting them a lot more boundaries now and I, I wouldn't be that susceptible but you we talk about feeling infantilized and I guess you you kind of do feel a bit infantilized because you feel not really in control of your own mind and decisions you're you're reeling aren't you you are being buffeted around in a storm that you are very ill-equipped for yeah definitely anyway I'm Really looking forward to bringing Monday's episode to you all because it's again, as I've mentioned earlier, it is a subject that resonated and stung 
quite a lot. I I think I do even cry at some point in it because it just all got a little bit too much. But that said, I'm incredibly honoured and humbled and proud to be able to bring you the story that Emma has told us because we need to hear it. We need to hear all these stories. And for her to have an opportunity to be able to tell it, I think it's it's very valuable to the process. Yeah, de- definitely, definitely. And probably for us, you know, probably because I we focus a lot on healing or processing the grief. I, I do think that, you know, perhaps in the midst of this, the trauma of the, the, the COVID episode almost got a little bit swept under the carpet for both of us. So to have to go back and revisit it, I think, was probably healthy in a way. Yeah, I, 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 I found editing the episode tough, but very cathartic. Once I finished, I had to go and sit in a dark room for half an hour just to decompress. <laughs> And rock. Yeah, but actually, I, I've woken up today with, you know, when you have those bad grief days and then you wake up the next day, it's like a, a blanket's been lifted off you just briefly. So I think it, it did me good to to do that process. So thank you, Emma. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Emma. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you ever so much for listening. Oh, actually, I do just want to mention we hit 10,000 downloads this week. And I am, you can maybe hear it in my voice how much I am smiling because I feel, I don't know, completely blown away. The the validation, I guess, that what we're doing is touching people and reaching people and that people are getting something from it. So from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of Lou's heart, and, and I guess from yours as well, because you are very much part of the team here at Widow Day. Thank you all of you for for everything you are doing to support us it means the absolute world yeah definitely because these stories are also as difficult to listen to as they are to put together so thank you for sticking with us and helping us grow yeah we'll see you on monday we won't see you you'll hear us (laughs) Bye. bye thank you for listening today we'll be back with you soon for more from the front line of loss but for now as you were 